So we are live. Welcome to our next episode of our Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast. I'm your boy Silly Sellers here. Me and John Crab are here, and we're doing the, I guess, a FS1 version right now because we don't have YouTube live right now. A couple of our members are out. We didn't get a chance to switch that in time, but we're still on your Twitch. We're still on your Twitter, and we're about to get things cracking just like what we do each and every week, starting right now. Again, we're live here on Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. I'm your boy Silly Sellers here with John Crab. Kirby, yep. how you doing today, man? Uh, it's been a day. Uh, I just rushed home. I saw Barbie today. I didn't expect to cry as much as I did. Uh, it, you know, cry it, like laughter, cry or sad cry? Uh, both because it's it's Barbie and and that's a different podcast for a different day. But uh, but it's a good time. And how are you? I'm good. So if I got the trend right, it's supposed to be Barbieheimer weekend with two You're damn right coming out. Uh, on top yeah. of a, 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 we're still on a lockout right now where we got people not trying to, you know, get their contract negotiations in the right way. But tell me, what's your thoughts on that? Um, number one, um, support labor, like yep. flat out. Um, it, it's it's very important not just to have you know people go to work, but the right people go to work. You know, you want people to be loyal to you. Yeah. We want, you expect we expect you to be loyal to us. We expect us to be loyal to you guys. We can't half-ass a show every week and expect you guys to stick around. Uh, you know, we would hope that we put out quality entertainment and it keeps you back. You know, this Thursday and next Thursday and hour, uh, forever and ever until the end of time. Uh, you know, it, there's no wrongdoing in supporting you know fair labor. Yep, absolutely. and um, and also equally important is you can't build a new era of entertainment on an old contract. Yep. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. You, you have to come off the, um, off the honeypot a little bit, pay people what they're worth. You're never going to do that. So pay them fairly. I mean, that, that's, that's just what it is. I don't care. And that's the thing. Um, it's not just the actors. It's not just the writers or, or um, you know, producers, production guys or whatever. This is indicative of all labor around the world, you know, everywhere. Um, whether it's the guy that's picking your strawberries or we saw what the grocery workers were going through during COVID. We saw what teachers were going through, yep. what our teachers are going through now with a whole host of unforeseen issues that teachers are being put through the ringer. And we know they're underpaid and they still yep. you know, have, are expected to show up in about a month for another year of hell with these damn kids. And it's Absolutely. out of control. Absolutely. So, um, you know, uh, pay people, uh, pay them fairly. And um, generally speaking, everybody goes home happy. Um, you know, we don't like it. Nobody wants to go to, uh, to strike. People want to go to work because they like the jobs. 
But um, you got to do what you got to do. Scare money. Don't make money. Uh, pay people. So Absolutely. And, and we can't use AI as a form of trying to, you know, calibrate how money's getting made when real people are out there doing hard work. We got to give them the justice that they deserve. But so, we also can't replace them with that same AI either and expect, nope. you know, uh, you know, and that's that's really what it is. It's it's you know, this is not the union podcast. That's a, it's not it's not. We're that's, just giving that's a, that's a different out. deal. Yeah. Uh, but the long and short of it is, is that you know, you you know, I hope that people understand that just the, the people at the tippity top, I went to see a movie starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Reynolds, no, Ryan Gosling, not Ryan Reynolds, but, mm -hmm. um, and a bunch of other people that I know that I've seen before because it is a cast of hundreds, but there's so many more hundreds of people that put that movie together. Absolutely. Barbie in particular, uh, that, you know, bust their ass, you know, to make just to entertain you for an hour and a half. So, uh, see Barbie, I liked it. Um, I'm seeing Oppenheimer Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, Barbie Heimer, Barbie Heimer Weekend Part 1 is in full effect uh, starting tonight. But it's a, um, you know, it, it's really weird, you know, disposition. I kind of wanted to do it on the same day and just show up in, like, a pink trench coat with a cigarette. But I, I don't know. I can't pull that off. So That would be creative. And it's not too far from what the whole weekend is about. So if that's your trend, let's start it. Pink in, in your trench coats. Yeah. Now, as we switch to wrestling here, uh, first, let's talk about something that is real and not necessarily artificial, and that's blood and guts. But I'm not talking about blood and guts from AEW first. This week was a trend of blood in wrestling, in my opinion, and I'll just do a quick brief review on Dark Side of the Ring. It was about Abdullah the Butcher. I won't spoil any details of the whole story. But once again, when you think about somebody that made people afraid of him, in the ring if you're a fan or what was going to happen if you was going to get cut or bladed which during that time blading was very prominent um and abdullah the butcher was a huge aspect of how blading is which kind of led to how blood and guts was displayed on on wednesday for aew but just going back to just blading in general john crab what is your feeling on blading right now in wrestling. I know blood is really non-essential for the most part. If you look at WWE, sometimes it does happen. But when you think about what they did in the 80s and probably early 90s, how do you feel about blood blading? Do you think it's necessary for blood to be in wrestling? Um, well, blading and blood are two different things because there are other ways to, you know, to use the parlance, uh, get color yeah. in wrestling. And we have evolved from, you know, to dye packs in your hair and, and all this other stuff too. Yep. Uh, I think that everything is possible as a storytelling device. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a reason why we have so many different types of matches. There's a reason why, you know, there's a hell in a cell and a regular normal match and, and everything under the sun. So in wrestling, there really aren't any limits to the suspension of disbelief. Uh, the only limits are really the creativity of the booker mm -hmm. and and, and, we, and we know that because we've seen the things that we thought were impossible. And these guys are out here performing video game moves, you know, ricochet. Yep. So for blading specifically, the, the ability to make small nicks in your head in like the veins, you know, like that runs along right here, the middle yep. of your forehead. Sometimes um, if you smile, you see scalp. that vein. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, to uh, cut that open uh, just uh, tiny enough so that you you bleed a little bit when you get hit in it and it opens it up more. And of course, because it's a vein, uh, you look like Ric Flair does the crimson mask, like Cody yeah. does and so on and so forth. 
Um, and then, of course, there are other things that you can do to help that by taking, like, you know, blood thinners and stuff like that to mm-hmm. exacerbate the fact that you're going to bleed for a lot longer. Yep. Is it dangerous? Sure. But it's wrestling. Wrestling is inherently dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, you think of how many people that are on the shelf with Bailey just last, uh, you know, a few days ago at a house show. Indeed. Um, tweaked her knee in a bad way. She's going to have to miss some time. Um, and that wasn't. And she had me. surgery on it before, too. Yeah, and that wasn't anything you know crazy. That was that was just you know her electric, mm-hmm. you know. So for blading specifically, because that was the question. Yeah, I do think that as a storytelling device, there is something that can be used. I do think though, uh, it is it may be overused now. Mm. In the same way that a Michael Bay movie has too many explosions Sorry, on paper, you think, well, no. That's not possible. There's no such thing as too much of a good thing. And yet, here we are. Why, Michael Bay? Why do you need to blow up everything? It was a Care Bears movie. There shouldn't be that much C4 in a Care Bears movie. <laughs> so, yes, out of context, you know, blading doesn't really make a lot of sense. Within the context of the uh, storytelling as a plot device, it can make sense to mm-hmm. elevate the, the match to the next level to elevate the um, intensity, uh, even though I don't like him as a wrestler, I d- cannot forget the image of Steve Hart, Steve Austin versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania oh, classic. 13. Classic, yep, yep, classic. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. You know, you, you can't forget that moment where he's in the sharpshooter draining your dripping blood. Yep. Um, you know, that's one of those things. Um now, of course, the more you do it, the more desensitized you are to it. And if I already don't like your your, your character, I give a shit if you bleed like a stuffed pig. Yeah. So it, it has to be used sparingly. Everything has to be used sparingly, um, because if you keep doing things, uh, it makes things less special every time you do it. So absolutely. Um, yeah, I have no problem with. I mean, basically anything can go in wrestling. I have no problem with anything being possible. Uh, I like intergender matches. I personally watch death matches. Mm-hmm. I've I've been to them. Um, I have no problem with them. So you're not going to convince me that blood is off the table. Yep. Um, you know, I, and I've seen the worst, and I, and I've also seen you know the limits of of what you know can be done to given the context. Uh, and we'll talk about that later about blood and guts specifically. Mm-hmm. You know. They have the match on TV, and they've had the past with, I think this is their third one on third. TV. Yep. And it's like, you know, is that something, Should it, it's a big enough spectacle that it should be a pay-per-view. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But now that you have the, the thing, um, it, it's it's like, well, and kind of the running joke. Well, damn. Cody Rhodes is in, blood, is in the um, AEW fighting game. Will he pass out from from blood loss? <laughs> you know, Moxley's in the in, in fight forever. Will he? You know, will he give somebody hepatitis from you know from just mixing blood? I mean, like that's because it's kind of a joke at this point. Yeah, where you expect people to bleed. So moderation is really the key to everything, but especially in wrestling, you have to be able to use that 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 paint brush sparingly. Uh, before it just becomes another uh, parlor trick that's just old hat. And and if you make it a spectacle where there is a pay-per-view, and I know how AEW has their, their pay-per-view cycles per se, is this something that you need to put on once a year? Is this like your annual, 
this could be their top two pay-per-view, you know, where you have that as the number two because you're looking forward to that blood and guts. Do you think AEW need to take it to that next level? I, I mean, I personally think they could, and they could probably do even more. And, and granted, when they had the match on yesterday, it lasted for an hour, and I think the only commercial they had was a picture-in-picture. So it was about a 60-minute match, but you never lost sight of the ring, if I remember correctly. Well, Do you think it should be on that scale? Well, I, I want to say, because now we're talking about you know, AEW, and I want to get into that later, because that's a deeper mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. about AEW kind of leaving. Uh, maybe they're devaluing their product a little bit by putting these high-profile matches on TV, TV mm-hmm. versus on pay-per-view. So we, I want to get into that conversation a little bit later, but specifically about Abdullah the Butcher, uh, Nick Gage, Odin Veidt, uh, yep. you know, um, what's his name? New Jack, yep. um, you know, Moxley, Cody Rhodes, you know, uh, Ric Flair, yep. uh, the guys that if you look at them hard enough, they will blow a gasket somewhere yep. and bleed all over them, uh, all over the shop. Um, I guess the question that I have for you is, does that, because that's not a, that's not a wrestling thing. That's not a gimmick. That's not a move. Nope. Um, it's not, a, it's not a hold. It, it's just a physical you know, product that happens. Yeah. Does it take away from a person's, uh, you know, ability as a wrestler, knowing that that's just another thing that they're going to do? Uh, it's almost a part of the uniform. It's almost a part of the, um, a part of the, the the spectacle. But it doesn't necessarily, you know, speak to their wrestling acumen. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a good question because I'm I'm thinking like even with the wrestlers that you just mentioned, right? New Jack. Let me take him specifically. God rest his soul. Love New Jack. I, I love him too, but was he really a good wrestler or did people like him just because of, like you said, the spectacle of knowing you're going to see blood, knowing that saying like, oh, is he really going to almost kill somebody in the ring today? Does that make him more likable or do you like say, oh, he can definitely go in the ring without all that spectacle? Well, I think that's where the context comes in because when you think of a hardcore guy like New Jack or Abdullah the Butcher or somebody like that, and then you juxtapose that with Ric Flair and Cody Rhodes, um, and then you add in a guy like Mick Foley, yes, who doesn't necessarily Good have call. to bleed, but will definitely suffer all the internal injuries. Or um, lose a tooth. Yeah, or lose a tooth, or you know, through his nose. Yes. Um, but, but the idea is, you know, there were you know hardcore guys doing things in that vein of extreme, mm-hmm. and the difference is, is that we think of Nick Gage. New Jack as one type of wrestler. Yeah. We think of Cody Rhodes, you know, Ric Flair as a different type of wrestler. And then we think of a person that doesn't historically bleed as a point of contention for their character. Uh, a guy like, uh, you know, Mick Foley, mm-hmm. you know, for example, that you go, oh, hell, you know, or the Dudley Boys, you know, for example. Yep. You know, that's not like a part of their character, but they were out there doing. Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, actually absolutely doing the most bone-crunching, painful stuff, not necessarily draped in blood. I had so, Sabu to that, too. I think Sabu could be a classic Sabu uh, would absolutely be in that conversation. But but so, but now, so now that we have it sliced three ways, we got hardcore guys that bleed, yep. wrestlers that aren't hardcore that bleed, and hardcore guys-ish, extreme guys-ish, that, that, don't, that aren't really known for bleeding. Um, and and it's kind of weird when you put it into those that context of, you know, how how does that in, lead to their interpretation as the wrestler that they are? Yep. 
because you know Cody Rhodes because you know Cody Rhodes and New Jack are not the same wrestler even though they bleed heavily. Yep. When of course the situation calls for, but New Jack doesn't bleed in every match either. Nope. Mm-mm. Right. He's usually dishing out the punishment, but you know it is what it is. Uh, Devon Dudley, his forehead looks like hamburger meat. <laughs> it is. It sure is does. Not pretty. Sure does. It does. But you know, you know, and that's where the keloids and other things come in after your career. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that we don't necessarily think of those guys in that context, you know, versus the imagery that that comes up when you think of a person whose face is just wiping blood over their face and and whatever. Um, so I wondered, like, how does that affect their their legacy? And and we can see in cases where the blood matters and where the blood doesn't matter. And I'll even add to this: I think era definitely matters let's let's take basketball the era of the 1980s basketball may not pass for certain people today just the way the game is played what wrestling was in the 80s and some of the people in the uh the the, the biopic of Abdullah the butcher when it was on dark side of the ring they referenced that they said it's just what people did right. during that time and you really can't get away with that now with the you know controls of tv ratings and things of that nature and all that you know side but it's just certain things that you can get away with back then that just can't now. I mean, look at the MPAA ratings that's on certain movies. What used to be like PG back in the day is borderline R now with what they could get away with just during that time. But it just it just depends. Yeah. Uh, and so like so a lot of context does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is and really, really, really is to the point of uh, the era that you're in. Yeah, because, you know, we can name a bunch of guys from before the year 2000, for example, and then mm-hmm. we can name a bunch of guys after the year 2000 and, and, and understand that the wrestler was different, the climate's different, but more importantly, the audience is different. Yeah. Um, things that may be much more acceptable then may not be acceptable now. Correct. And that is, you know, kind of a thing where you have, you know, we look at who's doing what. Yeah. I don't know of a young uh, in America, at least, uh, I don't know of a young, up-and-coming deathmatch wrestler. Neither I'm do not I. saying that there aren't any. I, I just don't know who they are. Yeah. Because they're not really making it to the mainstream indies, and definitely not the TV, uh, as their gimmick being a hardcore deathmatch wrestler. Yeah. So maybe they would have had a better chance 20 years ago where companies were on TV, like an ECW, CZW, when they were like really big as a super regional uh, now. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, GCW ain't that anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, AEW really has their thing in-house, and that is sparingly. Yep. And nobody's really doing anything like that on that mainstream-ish level where you can say like, okay, I'm going to be a deathmatch wrestler, and God damn it, this is, this is the way. Um, so yeah, it, it's all it's all changed, um, but that doesn't mean that we still aren't seeing, you know, Brian Danielson literally just got nine screws uh, uh, and a rod put in his, oh, uh, his arm yeah, yeah. from having his arm broken uh, during his last match. Yep, uh, at Forbidden Door, um, and we can and we talk about injuries. You know, Jamie Hayter's out with an injury. Statlander had both knees blow out on her. Yeah, you know, Thunder Rosa. We don't know if she's going to be back. You know, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the business is still tough and the bump still hurt, Yep. but specifically about the gimmick of blood, um, it, it, it needs to be used sparingly. 
it, it needs to be the, um, the the signifier that this match is going to go beyond the limits of what's normal because we, we're seeing the same bone crunching action but we're what we're not seeing is that next level and that needs to be the moment where you realize that business is picking up or this has just got turned up a notch so I, I hope that um that there is a place yep. um for guys in that space of of the death match and the hardcore and stuff like that and I believe that there is. Mm-hmm. But I also think that much like with with a, what AEW uh, does, and they do, will use those stipulations sparingly. Blood and Guts is a once a year event. So let me switch to this, if you don't mind. And I know this is about time we want to talk a little deeper. Now, Britt Baker, Dr. Uh, Britt Baker, DMD, had mentioned that she would like to see the women get an opportunity for a Blood and Guts match. Sure. Thinking about that, where do you see that? And just how we talked about how colorful the blood and gimmick could go in the match and what they could do the eighties versus now, is it time for that next level where you see women go and do the same action that the men are doing for blood and guts? Do you think the world is ready for that? Are well, you ready for ready. that? The, the world, it usually isn't ready for anything that they haven't seen yet. Yep. Uh, because the world uh, is used to the status quo and the world uh, is usually unimaginative and, and fickle, <laughs> but uh, that's why it's such a surprise when something extraordinary happens, yeah, something that you haven't seen before, so should there be a woman's blood and absolutely why not? Yeah, like I, I can't think of, and I mean, and more to the point of like physically, but it's wrestling. These are stories that are being told. Yeah, why can't they tell these stories? That that should not be uh, something that precludes them from telling that story. It doesn't make sense to me. Now, as far as um, you know, other things that yeah, that happen. Uh, I don't. I don't have a like. Who would be in it? Is the question. Well, look. Look. We got Soraya. Uh, that's in there. That whole little stable that they have. We got Britt Baker. I mean, you could put Statlander in there. She's good. Um, this would be a, Jade could come back for something like this. You know, I, I think they have enough talent to do it, but do they have enough ability to make sure you tell that story over time? with the type of balance, action, and stamina that's needed to the match. Because it's not going to look good if you have two or three out of the ten that's doing it. You need all ten girls with a good story to come in and have that type of action. I think it can be done. It absolutely can be done. And I think the biggest thing that that should happen is that I would like to see stardom and AEW uh, Mm -hmm. in a blood and guts match. Uh, You know, Tokyo Joshi Pro and AEW. In a, in a blood and guts match. I mean, you know, miracle of miracles. And, you know, the day before the aliens invade, uh, this is the perfect time for AEW and WWE, uh, you know, blood and guts match, ultimate supremacy, worlds collide, whatever you want to call it. But, um, or just, you know, this the super indies. I mean, there's, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of the things that people wonder about as far as what's possible on TV happens with the indies every weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you follow it, you're not really going to see anything new. Mm-hmm. So it really is going to come down to the storytelling and making sure that that is exactly what it needs to be to get you to the place to accept blood and guts. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's something, and, and that's, you know, what all of them have been. That's why the stipulation is such. We can't accept anything other than blood and guts. This, this story, this, this storyline that's going on is so big that we got to put two rings, big ass cage, blood and guts for an hour. Yeah. And that's, kind of what it has to be. I don't know what that storyline is yet, but when that ball gets rolling, 
it should it better make sense. And and I think it will. And then you kind of lead into it now. Let's talk a little deeper now. You we kind of danced around it. And is this the moment that this could be the money in the bank for AEW? Could this be the Survivor Series for AEW? Right. Could this be your WrestleMania for AEW? Where does blood and gut stand in the future of AEW? So it's not just on live TV or anybody that has an app streaming or cable service mm -hmm. uh, on a weekly basis. Would you pay $50, $60 to be a premium live event on some type of network where you have to get access to this? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that you know, people pay for less yeah. uh, because you know full gear isn't necessarily a, uh, a stipulation match. Um, all in, oh no, oh, what's the thing? Uh, all double out, or nothing, double, double or nothing, double nothing is because mm -hmm. they have the double or nothing battle royal. Yeah. Um, what's the other one? All out. Yeah. Is because I think they have like another all out um battle royal or something like that. So yeah, those make sense. Yeah. But as far as the um the thing goes, as uh like blood and guts being a pay per view, absolutely. Um, and I also think that helps with the storytelling mm -hmm. because of the fact that the limitations of television, uh, you're not going to be able to get away with too much. Uh, you're not going to be able to get away with as much as you as you think that you could. And it really opens the you know creator's toolkit for much more options than you would if you had on TV. Also, mm -hmm. more importantly, uh, the fans don't get cheated at home by commercial breaks and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, whether it's picture in picture or not, Sponsor the damn thing and have it run and have it run the length of the thing. I don't care if they have to mention that State Farm presents blood and guts. I don't care if blood and guts is sponsored by like the Northern Virginia um, Blood Donor Society or the, um, the American Blood Association. Now that would be funny. I don't care. The, the, the American Red Cross. Yeah, yeah Red Cross. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's the blood and guts blood drive in Boston. I don't care. Right. It, it, but it should be uninterrupted. And if it's going to be uninterrupted, then it might as well be on pay per view anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, I you know. We were talking recently about AEW considering the idea because, you know, the Warners are going to force them. But considering the idea of put, uh, expanding their pay-per-view slot to, yep. uh, you know, 10, 12 max a year, yep. you know, some, somewhere around there, maybe four to eight. Well, Blood and Guts is definitely one of them that should be a pay-per-view every year. Yep. Um, and, and I also think that the spot that they have it in right now in July oh, makes a, a lot more sense great because – it's in the dead of summer. Memorial Day was their last pay-per-view. Their next pay-per-view is Labor Day. Yeah. It's a perfect time for another yeah, pay-per-view. And and which also coincidentally, Ring of Honor's having their pay-per-view this weekend. This weekend, yep. So they absolutely could parlay that into another uh bigger summer super weekend, uh, with, with Blood and Guts and Ring of Honor having their events on on consecutive days over the weekend. Yeah, it, it just it, it makes sense to do so, um, and and you are able to turn up the heat a little bit more, a lot more, uh, on pay per view. So I'm surprised they haven't done it already. And, and honestly, this could be a good scaling because I think we even though with Collision and and Dynamite that they have, you have a lot of free TV that you're giving away. Maybe mm -hmm. you could just take one of those shows off and say, let me add this to that premium live event or that pay per view. 
Right. So you can get some more money in your pocket. Use that to build up what you're trying to do in AEW. And even I'll add another match that could be a gimmick that could be an event if they brought it back routinely because now it's in the video game or will be. I don't know if the download has happened yet. The Stadium Stampede. I think that could be a great way if you book it to be some type of uh, initiative or reward for somebody who wins the match or a group that wins the match. Use those those gimmicks that you have to make it your 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 method for your pay-per-views. WWE's doing it, and they're having good success with it. Granted, WWE's doing this for a long time. Use that AEW so you can do it. You're not copycatting, but you're using it in your own way. Um, I don't have a problem with the Stadium Stampede being their stadium event every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just you have the surface of the football or soccer stadium field, which is huge, you know, you know, 330 yards or something like that by like 100 yards wide. You know, it's, it's a huge field. And obviously they can have at everything that they want to do. So if you have a stadium stampede, you know, yearly, that's again another pay-per-view that they can do. Uh, stadium shows would be, you know, among their largest crowds ever, yep. uh, if if almost a guarantee to be their largest crowds ever. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's totally uh, feasible for them to make Stadium Stampede a thing. Um, obviously, because it's the Stadium Stampede, it would have to be during the summer because or, or in a warmer climate in the winter. I don't know exactly who's going to go out to Minneapolis to sit outside and a stadium stampede, yep. but Minneapolis has a dome now, so maybe that is feasible in the wintertime. Uh, either way, it's just another opportunity for AEW to uh, set a little bit more consistency with what the fans can expect throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and I say that not because I want them to just become redundant, but it is like it, it's a thing where you know, okay, I can't go to WrestleMania this year. It's yeah. it's too late. Whatever. But we already know that it's going to be in Philadelphia. Yep. We already know that it's going to be, um, you know, that week is going to be crazy. So it would be nice to know more than two weeks out that, all right, if I don't make it to any pay-per-view this year, Stadium Stampede is going to be the one that I make it to. Miami, Hard Rock Stadium, July, it's going to happen. It would be cool to be able to plan for that and make it a week-long event. Uh, you know, between Dynamite, Collision, Ring of Honor, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so much can be done to expand the footprint of AEW that doesn't necessarily has to be involved with added another show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And any more last thoughts before we go to our break on just all this blood? Yeah, well, so, um, well, let me, I, well, I guess to, to put a bow on it, what did you think of the episode? Is it worth watching this week to go check out uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Um, it is. It is. It is definitely uh, worth checking out. Um, you see some interesting things about Abdullah the Butcher that it's like, really? Hmm. But then how would he become so successful if he had certain limitations? And I don't want to spoil what those limitations are. But when you hear about those limitations and his background, his lifestyle, and how he even got to wrestling and what his purpose was trying to do so, it's very interesting. But how do you become so successful? A little bit controversy in that. But it, it was a good startup to where he became who he was as Abdullah the Butcher. All right. So that, that's, that sounds like a good deal. Um, if you know, you may learn something. If you don't know, you'll learn a lot. So uh, yep. yeah, that's all the ring. Absolutely. So we'll be right back. We're going to pay some bills, and we'll be right back on the big show 
I mean, the Big Gold Wrestling Podcast. Where? Big Gold Belt Media is your golden standard for all of your media needs. Visit BigGoldBelt.com for pro wrestling info, movies, comics, and even more digital content. On all of your social medias, follow us at Big Gold Belt all across the board. Listen to this show and more on your SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. that crap you was about to give some big show some some love because now i'm giving big show credentials on this show um total accident but shout out to big show paul right you know you're doing your thing you know i i hope you're doing well but you know we, we're not trying to give you too much credentials on this side of the big gold belt podcast but no, we're here <laughs> so next next thing that we're going to shift into your boy dom dom <laughs> poppy he's not eddie guerrero is now your north american champ on AEW, he beat Wesley on, last. On what show? What did I say? You said AEW. What did I say? AEW. My gosh, NXT. Because last I was night. Say, say, it was that blood and guts. I might have to go back and watch that. Right, right. So no, on NXT on Tuesday. I'm getting my days mixed up, y'all. I apologize. But Dom Dom is your new uh, North American champion on Tuesday from NXT, where he won. It was a little bit of a screwy finish, but it was a good match. Um, I was surprised to see. The ending, especially with their Great American Bash coming up and some storylines that were progressing to that with West, but now he's not your champion. Now we have some thoughts about this. First, what do you think about Dom now getting his first singles title, even though it's on NXT, him being on the main roster with Judgment Day? How do you think that goes in his storyline development of just an individual wrestler, his own personality? Well, obviously, uh, Dominic Mysterio is really coming to his own. He is. Um, which is... It shouldn't be the surprise that it is. Um, you, when you first saw him a few years ago, and it was like, oh, cool. Uh, we know why he's there. We know yeah. who his father is. All right, we understand what's happening. And yeah. then no, he's actually holding his you know, own. Really, really coming into his own and being not just a part of this uh, Judgment Day stable, but you know, being a memory, a memorable part of it. You know, holding up his own. Uh, end of the table. So yep. cool. Uh, kudos to him. Uh, as far as you know, what happens when he beats West Lee for the NXT North American Championship, um, I think it is interesting. I do like the fact that there's continuity throughout the brands in the sense yes. that you there's a roster split technically ish, but people can be anywhere and anything can happen within reason. Yep. And I, I do like the fact that they're using NXT, uh, you know, sparingly to have people, you know, go down, you know, come up, make appearances, get familiar, um, which makes sense for NXT. That's a big deal for NXT because if you don't normally follow it, but you're a fan of Judgment Day, you're a fan of Dominic Mysterio, then that gives you a reason to watch, you know, and, and of course he won the damn thing. So now it's like, oh, I have even more of a reason to watch. So... It is interesting, 
you know, coming off Monday and then Tuesday, you know, that little bit of continuity. And obviously mm-hmm. it's not a huge deal. It's not like the Uso is a Romans going down, yep. but it's still a popular enough, you know, act to send them down to NXT to elevate that brand. And then, of course, if you stay for the whole show, don't be surprised if you see people get called up and you're more familiar with them, uh, which, of course, gives them a better uh, positioning as they are more familiar with the audience. Because I've been in that crowd where NXT guys made their call up and nobody knew who the hell they were. And just to give a quick shout out, the the New Day kind of started this formula when they went down one NXT tag team champs and they kind of set Pretty Deadly up and which Pretty Deadly is right now having a good reaction on the main roster on SmackDown. And maybe this formula, like you just mentioned, helps build them up because it is very cringing when you say, oh, I know them on TV. But while you're there, nobody reacts because they don't know who they are. Right, right, and that that's a thing. And and we can see, and that was back when the NXT and WWE rosters were more of a cultural split than a physical one. Yeah. But yeah, because you know, if you didn't watch Takeover and you watched the pay per view afterwards, those crowds were not the same. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and now, as we've said before, when they went came up with uh, NXT, you know, uh, Kaleidoscope Edition, cool, two point mm-hmm. great. There's more synergy. So Dominic going down, when to the thing? The question is now, what happens to Wesley? So, and I know we were talking about this a little bit off air. Now, Wesley, in my opinion, is somebody like a ricochet. Now, he has very athletic abilities, um, very exciting to watch. He has very good charisma, very good in-ring work. And he kind of was building up his character with Mustafa Ali behind the scenes to try to work on his promo work and communication skills to build him up. Now, I know we talked about shit. Maybe is this a call where he may get called up or maybe does he stay at NXT? I think he needs to build himself a little bit more in NXT because I don't want to see a copycat of Ricochet go up into the main roster again. And I think Ricochet, after a couple of years, is finally coming to his own where he needs to make sure he has that spotlight, not overshadowed by a copycat. Because if you have too much of the same thing, nobody's going to be able to be successful in that point. What is your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree. Um, I vaguely remember uh, the now Wesley uh, when he was in Impact. Yeah. Um, you know, doing his X Division stuff because yeah. that makes you know that makes the most sense as to what he would be in the on, on the main roster. But I also think that the the transition is a lot more seamless. So it's less of a I need to go out there and reestablish myself. I can just slide right in. Mm-hmm. And also, more importantly, uh, well, Dominic has the belt. Why wouldn't Wesley follow Dominic to Raw, point. to the pay per view and say, Hey, I don't want to wait till Tuesday to get my belt back. I want to do it right now. Yep. So it, it, it just it just helps both sides out because it gives reason, it gives people a, it gives the bigger audience that are the fans of the main roster a reason to watch NXT. Yep. It gives and, and spotlights their profile. It gives the people of NXT the ability to step out of that box and go chase their titles if they lose them across the WWE universe. So, right. I mean, that's, that's going to be a thing. Now, if Wesley does show up on raw, does challenge judgment day, does he come alone? You know, does he, and that's, that's kind of the thing. So now we're actually talking about how to integrate people from NXT Mm -hmm. to do a thing. And, you know, we have SummerSlam coming up. Uh, I want to say three weeks. 
August, it's the first or second week in August. So I think maybe right. two. I think it's two weeks from t- uh, this Saturday. Right, right. So we, I know the SummerSlam is coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, what does that mean for you know for NXT? Yeah, for them to get a, a title match on SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know it is um, because I don't think they have a premium live event before that show. As far as NXT, yeah, just the Great American Bash. Now, I let me let me fact check myself to see when the Great American Bash is. I think it is July thirtieth. It's next Saturday. So the winter SummerSlam then. Some, I mean, yeah, and I, I, I don't know, I but I want to say SummerSlam is like I think it's the August. week. Yeah, I think it's the week after SummerSlam is. August fifth, the week right. after. Right. So that's that's kind of that's kind of the question. Like, what do you do with that? Uh, you know, and obviously the storyline, the story will go on. Yeah. But now it's more to the point of you know, I don't have a problem with them bringing Wesley up to go chase after Dominic for his rematch, um, which of course gets people familiar with him as he eventually, as he should be, mm-hmm. called up sooner than later. So sprinkling that seed makes sense for both of them. Dominic's a heel. He's pretty over as a heel. Uh, he doesn't really need anything like that. But it definitely helps both sides. Yeah, so I like it. It's a good, it's a good storytelling device. But here's the one kicker that that I even like your 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 prediction, your booking with this. We kind of teased this already because we we we've seen a little tease going back and forth with with Carmelo Hayes and mm-hmm. Trick Williams more so with Carmelo Hayes by himself doing this same avenue when he was on Monday Night Raw. He was on SmackDown but he's not getting caught up yet. Do we think going your way is going to be a better pathway than they did with Carmelo Hayes, even though Carmelo is your NXT champion? Uh, right. Right. I mean, that is, that is a thing too. But I think that like for the mid card championships, it makes sense because Dominic, at least as of right now, isn't world championship material. Uh, so for him to go and grab, you know, a secondary title makes a lot more sense because it doesn't posture him on the same level as, you know, uh, Rollins or whoever the world, their heavyweight champion is now, right? Yep. Because Dominic shouldn't be in the conversation at this point. No. But he would be if he were NXT champion. Because now he's walking around with the big belt. Yep. And that puts him in the conversation that he doesn't deserve to be in right now. Yep. So could that happen to Carmelo? Should that happen to Carmelo where somebody goes down, you know, takes his bat and he and he chases them across the roster? I don't think so yet mm-hmm. because I do think that losing the NXT uh, championship should be the passing of the torch. Um, he, whether the heel or face wins, yep. should be the passing of the torch. We'll see you. We know, we know why he lost. We'll see you on uh, Monday or, or Friday. Yeah, uh, because of the nature of NXT, it's still developmental. It's still the place that you go before you go uh, to the main roster. So it's not necessarily goodbye. It's see you down the road. Exactly. And I think the fans of NXT know that. But there still needs to be a reason for people to watch and to send somebody down from the main roster to go and spice up the place to give mm-hmm. this air of uh, uh, spontaneity is a good idea but doing that with uh with a champion it 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 is kind of like why would you know a lower top tier 
uh, you know, main roster talent. Mm-hmm. Why would Bobby Lashley show up at NXT looking for an NXT title shot? Correct. Correct. And that's, that is, that's not something that he should do if he's in the conversation for a major title in, on the main roster. At any given moment. At any given moment. You know, Lashley, Lesnar, Cody, um, what, what's his face? Uh, Seth Rollins, obviously, who is yep. a champion. Yep. Uh, Orton, if he comes back. Edge, you know, they should not be chasing after the NXT championship. Because I can't imagine Shohei Altani begging to win a triple A championship, you know, for the angels in their, in the minor leagues. And this is why it makes him more even perfect. Why Dom is that person that's doing it. Cause he's right. that perfect. Like, because he's at that level on both rosters. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. Because even offended, you would still be like, why are you, why are you back here? Right. Right. If, you um, if punishment Martinez did it, you still be like, okay, but you graduated. Why are you back here? Right. You know, and, and you got your briefcase, so you definitely don't need to be back. Right, here. right. Yeah. So, like, nobody leaves college to take high school classes anymore. Exactly. No. No, no you don't no, do that. You don't I, work back. That's, that's how I set you up for getting in trouble for dating underage. So, that's okay, the same. Okay. Stay but, away hey, from that. That's a different podcast. Stay away from that. Podcast. We don't need, we don't need, that's a different, that's a different podcast. <laughs> that's my lesson to everybody. So, do what you need to do. Do what's right. Keep accelerating up to the higher level. Yeah, you can't hustle backwards. Absolutely. But just on a quick tip, where do you think the judgment day now goes with this? Now, we talked about, you know, Damian Priest, who has your briefcase. We got Finn Balor that's in that storyline where he's still kind of chasing after Seth Rollins. Now you got a North American champion with Dominic Mysterio and, and Rhea Ripley has your, is it the women's title or I forgot how they renamed it. Is it the women's title that she has now? Uh, I th- I thought it was the woman's title. I could It's the woman's title, but then and on SmackDown, Oscar has something else, but it's not SmackDown and Raw Women's Champion. But I forgot the name of the titles. Fact check me on that, guys. But when you look at the judgment day from here, where do they go? Do you see a replica of what they did with the bloodline where every single member of the judgment day has a championship across three shows now? Is that where we're going? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't see why not. Because if let's say Balor wins uh, and he beats Rollins, for example, yep. Who does Damian Priest cash in on? Uh, it can't be Roman. Maybe it's Roman. Maybe it's his main event, Jay Uso. If he wins, you never know. But does he cash in on on Finn? That's a good question. That's so. A good question. So I, I think like the possibility is a little bit more up in the air. Uh, where like, uh oh, because that money in the bank bank briefcase is definitely the X factor. Uh, Rhea Ripley is a SmackDown Women's Champion, mm-hmm. um, so cool. Um, and Dominic Mysterio is the uh, North American Champion, uh, so cool. I don't have a problem with establishing them as like a long-term stable mm-hmm. and solidifying their place as a long-term stable by everybody having something. It may not be a physical title, it may not be you know, it, but everybody has something to do. It's not like, oh well, well. They're just hanging on. But you know, nobody's Horace Hogan in this situation. Nope. Like, you know, you're just there because you're somebody's cousin um, or nephew. Everybody has something to do. They're all involved in a major storyline. Okay, cool. I don't have a problem with that. I think that uh, giving everybody the belt, a belt, a title, a sub placeholder at the same time uh, could work. Um, but because it does lead to more immediate intrigue as far as like, you know, who gets to do what, mm-hmm. but I think they've actually managed to turn that thing into a hell of a stable Absolutely. Uh, with, with just the four of them. 
And so Edge is the one that started it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's that's also a thing too. Do we get do we get Balor and Edge for a championship? It it it, it, it it's a circle. That's a full circle moment. I so mean I wouldn't yeah. be against it. Yeah, we, we we do that. You know, we have uh Balor win. You know, Edge comes out, challenges them. Cool. Um Damian Priest cashes in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Interested what what a difference an hour makes at the end of Survivor Series. Or at the, well, yeah, we saw Survivor Series. I was even thinking SummerSlam. Could you make a difference in SummerSlam, which is two weeks away, where you have that quick moment where, oh, all of them has belts now. You know, let's see what we could do leading into Survivor Series. And, and maybe that is Survivor your Series because yeah. I, would ra- I would rather let that moment marinate. You got because it. I think that, that something needs to be taken off of the Usos and that whole thing just a little bit while they kind of regroup for that next chapter. Got it. Because they're starting to, because they've had one major act in and they need, they're starting the next act in, in that story. And it can't just be, you got to build. Mm-hmm. So while they're building, cool, let it cook. Uh, go ahead and, um, you know, kick off with the judgment day, run a rough shot off everybody. Uh, and, and I think that that's a good distraction piece while they're working into the bloodline and building that next story to probably the Royal Rumble. Some interesting intrigue that can come with this storyline, too. But once again, I, I just got to give, once again, kudos to Dominic Mysterio. I, I don't know what he's done or what type of coaching he's got, but he's just got it. And I think he's got the charisma. He's got the, the wrestling ability. He's got the lineage as far as the DNA. But he's doing it in his own way. And like you even said at the beginning about it, he's like, okay, yeah, the son of Ray Mysterio, we know where this is going. We know how he got into the business. But he's doing it in his own style, which is like a classic reboot of his character, but doing it in his own way. I got to give the shout out to him. Yeah. Thank you, him. Yeah. Uh, 100% give give the credit, all credit to him. And you say when he has it, I think it's just it's just that it's not that he knows you know his gimmick, but I don't see where the division is where I don't really feel like he's, you know, transforming into this, you know, new character. I think he's just playing the, you know, shithead teenager in all of us turned up to 11. Um, and I think it's just one of those characters that kind of just uh, flows naturally out of, out of him. And, um, you know, and all of them, you know, same thing. Finn's been a leader before. Uh, Damian Priest has absolutely uh, been, you know, a hell of a wingman before. Yeah. Um, Rhea Ripley has absolutely commanded, you know, uh, commanding presence. And Dominic has really come into his own as his character. So all of them are like clicking on, on a hundred right now. And I think it's a good counterbalance to what the Russos, the Russos, but the Russos family. <laughs> you got writers um, on your mind, right? Going back to the writer strike. You got writers on your mind? Well, yeah. No, I was, I, yeah, I was, I was reading <laughs> um, damn Russo brothers, uh, what they said. But, but the idea is, um, yes, uh, it, it is a good counterbalance to what the high drama yeah. of the uh, Usos bloodlines shenanigans are. And you, and you counter that with, we're just a badass group and you can't say that we're not because we're literally winning. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just shout out to NXT. Once again, if you haven't watched it yet, take a look at that match. It was a great main event between Wesley and Dominic Mysterio. Um, check it out. Now let's move to some independent wrestling. You got any indie spotlight for us, Big Ray? I do. Um, but first I want to go into this weekend. Uh, okay. This weekend, Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup, MCW Fan Fam Jam, and uh, Maryland Wrestling Legacy. So these are all events from MCW. It's three events, two days, 
And it's a hell of a, a you know weekend that they have going on. It's the 25th anniversary of MCW, one of the longer running promotions, not just in in this area, but in the on the indies in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's 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 just been a, a mainstay in this area, you know, between uh, here in New York, yeah, you know, Philly, uh, you know, a lot of people if they're from the east, if they're from this you know general area between here and Boston. They definitely have run through MCW. A lot of the people that you know and like out of that Philly, South Jersey, New York area have run through MCW. Um, a lot of talent over the past 25 years have run through MCW. Uh, July 19th, 1998 was their first show. And we are over uh, 20 years, 25 years later yesterday. Uh, and this weekend, they're having their their three big events up in Joppa, Maryland. It's July 22nd. 7 p.m., the Shame Shamrock Memorial Cup. Uh, July 23rd, 12 to 5 p.m., the doors open at 11. MCW Fam Jam, which is their big uh, your fan expo you know, experience. And then the bell time at 7 p.m., MCW Legacy Championship. That's going to happen. Big shows. A lot of people are going to be there. Uh, the Hardys, Lita, Mickey James, uh, you know, Leo Rush, Action Andretti. Uh, MJF and Adam Cole uh, have all been in in there, and a lot of them are coming back for the celebration. So it's going to be a hell of a show up in Joppa, uh, halfway between uh, Baltimore and Philly. Mm-hmm. You can get your tickets and other information at mcw25.com. That is this weekend. So if you can squeeze in between Barbie and Arbaheimer, uh, and if you're in that you know Northeast Maryland area, that's going to be a hell of a show. Uh, three events over, you know, this weekend, you know, happening. Then we move to Norfolk next weekend, July 29th at the Croc Center. That's 1401 Ballantine Avenue in Norfolk, Virginia. It's VCW, Virginia Championship Wrestling. It's the Liberty Lottery. Uh, you know, and, and Matt Cardona, uh, you can get your meet and greet tickets. You can get your your, your pictures and photos with him, signed photos and stuff. Uh, a lot of that's going to happen next Saturday, July 29th in Norfolk, VA. At the Croc Center, that's 1401 Ballantine Avenue. You can get your tickets for that at vcwproresslingcom slash tickets. Uh, the front row, I believe, is sold out, but you can still get uh, ringside seating around the area in $25. But uh, show starts at, at 7 p.m. Uh, the official bell time is 7.30, but they have a dark match at 7. Doors open at 6. Uh, there are no reserved seats, so you want to get there early to get your, uh, to get your butt in the seat that you want. But the bottom line is, is that vcwprowrestling.com slash tickets for Virginia Championship Wrestling. It's the Liberty Lottery next Saturday night, July 29th, down in Norfolk. Um, so that's the Indie Spotlight for this week. And then shout out for those that are traveling. Uh, Comic-Con actually started today in San Diego. Once again, the national convention for comic book, video games, movies. A lot of announcements probably will come out or some and updates. Yeah. On a writer's strike. Yeah. Maybe a few trailers here and there that might be coming out. Maybe, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe that's a good way to to try to encourage everybody to fix these contracts so we're not delaying movies again, because I know Marvel already pushed back some movie dates uh, based on what's going on in the strike right now. Um, But shout out to those that are traveling. I know our boy Two Chains is down there doing live stuff for Big Gold Wrestling Podcast. So make sure you check out everything Big Gold Belt uh, Wrestling Podcast or just a big old belt group on our emails, Twitters, Twitches, whatever you can find us, YouTubes. It's going to be information on there. And two chains got your action down there for Comic-Con. But once again, any as we get ready to wrap up on our hour, 
Any other closing thoughts on wrestling, movies, anything that you got on your mind, John Crabb, as we get ready to close out? Uh, yeah, so that's one uh, quick thing. Uh, Alexa Bliss has not been on TV in a while. Nope. Uh, she did an interview with The Messenger, and you can you know check out their interview, themessenger.com. But the, she basically talks about her uh, pregnancy. Uh, she's, uh, she's due in this December, uh, expecting a baby girl with her husband, Ryan yes. Cabrera. Congratulations. Yes, Ryan Cabrera. Um, and of course, he's you know talking about in this uh, interview with uh, being you know going through the pregnancy, seeing her body change, yep. uh, especially as a former you know fitness model, a competitive uh, you know uh, bodybuilder in that world, and then of course uh, being in you know pro wrestling where your looks are everything, um, you know having you know that change and their first kid and everything like that. Uh, she says, and I quote in the interview. I could be eating healthier, but I do get cravings. Uh, my mom even said, Alexa, you look like you don't have to get into every single craving, but I do. A lot of mac and cheese uh, she's eating right now. So <laughs> if you want to know what's going on with Alexa Bliss, uh, you know, during her pregnancy, she does share a lot of light into that. And of course, uh, you know, being away from the ring, you know, how much she misses it, if at all. Yep. She, uh, you know, definitely sheds a lot of light on that too. So uh, the messenger. Pretty good uh, read on the interview with Alexa Bliss. And, of course, uh, congratulations in advance to uh, the new family as their family grows. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, once again, we appreciate you guys checking this out. Once again, we are on our FS1 version because we're not live on YouTube, but we are live on Twitch and we're live on Twitter. But we're always going to bring you that delivery of our wrestling podcast content, rumors, news, whatever the case may be, all wrestling. The Big Goat Belt has you covered. So once again, I'm Silly Sellers on behalf of my boy Giant Crab and our and let's give a shout out to Damien. I know Damien's been missing for us for a little while, but we want to wish him well in everything that he's doing. Will and Two James, we are your Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we will see you next time. Yep.